Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is, Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes, another cracking special edition live from 13th Beach, the home of the ISPS Hand of Vic Open. We've just seen an unbelievable third round in some of the more extraordinary conditions. And to tell you all about it, I'm joined by the inimitable. You were described as a lot of things on the podcast on the uh, VO radio today, Rod Murray. But I'm going to go with inimitable to introduce you now. I will take inimitable. Thank you very much. Very kind of you, Hazy. Very appreciate it. Great to be here, actually. And what a great day we had on VO radio. What a great day it was to cover the golf. It was. It was pretty special. Uh, for those who didn't listen in on Qatar Airways VO radio, uh, tune in tomorrow. We're going to have another crack at it. Uh, technology and weather permitting. Yep. Uh, it's uh, available to listen on through your earpieces. If you're coming to the course here at 13th Beach at Barwon Heads, you can listen at vicopengolf.com. You can follow the links there and uh, tune in through your uh, your computer, your PC, your laptop, whatever you're doing. Or alternatively, you can listen through SEN Plus or on the SEN app, um, which you can download uh, at the App Store. So, so small, small potential audience, Hazy. Only people with a connection to the internet can get access to it. Is that what you're telling me? Unless you come down, <laughs> Unless to, 13th you come down to 13th Beach. But if you haven't got internet, you probably won't listen to this podcast and you won't know that. <laughs> that's so. exactly right. So that's not our target. Can I just say before we get started on the, some of the specifics, Hazy? Yeah, of course you can, right? Some people say golf is boring. Oh. Those people, with all due respect, are stupid. <laughs> because... With all due respect. With all due respect. Yes. Uh, you cannot imagine a more... Interesting, compelling, entertaining day of sport than what we saw unfold today. Uh, absolutely brilliant. We're going to talk about the specifics, but just as an overall, we, I know we talk this event up, and we should. It's yep. a fantastic event. But these golf courses here, this golf course, the beach course, uh, has created a really exciting day of golf. And if you didn't like that, then you don't like sport. That's what I say. Paul Shire, a veteran photographer who's working with us down here at the at 13th Beach, said to me today as I breezed past him out on course at one stage, he said, golf courses or golf championships should all be mandato- mandatorily? Is that the right word? That's not a word, but you can have it because you've been talking all day. That's so. true. Um, but right. It should be mandatory that golf championships are played in high winds. Uh-huh. He said it's far more interesting to watch. Uh, and, you know, he's not a massive golf fan per se. He likes it, but he doesn't love it. Uh, if you loved golf and you loved tough golf, today was your day. Absolutely. We've just come off the course. I feel like I've gone about <laughs> 24 rounds with Mike Tyson circa 1991. Um, it was described as a 45-kilometre-an-hour breeze. I call bollocks. <laughs> it gusted much higher than that. I don't know what the average was, but it was a strong, strong test of this golf course and the players uh, who, who took 
part in the Vic Open today. I guess we could um, do a quick little uh, synopsis of both leaderboards, then we might go through the men's in great detail. So Min Woo Lee, an outstanding round of golf from the young West Australian to take a three-shot lead into the final day. And I won't do the whole leaderboard right now. We'll do it in more depth in a second. But Marcus Fraser and Travis Smythe, three shots back at 12 under. Ash Hall, Matt Miller and Anthony Quayle and Robin C.O. Segrist, all at 10 under the card. So there's only... We've, we had, through various stages of the day, we had a truckload of players within two or three shots, you said on the uh, VO radio. Uh, now we're down to seven within five shots of the lead. So... Um, it's, it, it's possible to see a winner coming from further back, but unlikely because there's a fair degree of quality right there. Yeah, there is, and the conditions don't really lend themselves to it. What we may see is somebody get out early before the wind really gets up and post a number, but given that there's five shots separating the top down to tied for eighth, it, it's probably unlikely. It would have to be a really special round. All of these players are good enough to produce that sort of round. Mathematically, it's, it's the least likely option. You would think that the winner is going to come from, from somebody who is 10 under or better. So. And that same thing happened on the women's leaderboard as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. And again, the same thing. It, we saw this morning there were a few good scores posted, but really not many. It was blowing when we got here at 7 o'clock this morning. The wind was already up and it only got stronger during the day. So you had some advantage if you were off early, but it wasn't as though it was perfect conditions and 64 was even par. It was still pretty tough even in the morning. I think Anthony Quayle had the best round of the day. He had five under. Do you want to give us a quick snapshot of the uh, the women's leaderboard before we progress too far with the men's wrap? Yeah, indeed. So Madeline Sags from start of the day in the lead. We are, I thought that she would uh, maintain that position. In the end, she didn't. A really impressive round of golf from A. Ying Cho, mm. who's not a particularly well-known player. I know you know more about her than some of us do. Um, she, got, she shot two under in the afternoon. Her and Elena Sharp were the only two players and the ladies draw to shoot under par in those afternoon conditions. She's at 12 under Madeline Sags from at 11. The aforementioned Elena Sharp of Canada at 10. Then at 9 under we have He Young Park. So you knew the former US Women's Open champion is at 8 under the card uh, as is Pei Young Say. Then 7 under is Min Ji Lee who birdied the last hole threw her arms in the air as she was entitled to do after the day that she'd had. Yeah. Uh, she's not out of it but again, that's about um, where you draw the line. Though, you would it? draw the line at about that. Five to six shots is going to be hard to come for more than that. Okay, so let's go in depth here. Um, I think, without doubt, if you're giving out uh, Brownlow votes or Dell M's, depending on where you're listening to this around Australia, you would give three to Min Woo Lee. Mm. Um, you, you could make an argument, as you said, that Anthony Quayle or Marcus Fraser um, could be in the running for such a lofty award, but. I'm going to tell you from my perspective that Min Woo Lee did it under the gun and under duress and in the windiest part of the day, even though it really changed, I suppose. But if anything, it got stronger as the day went on the wind from the east. An unusual wind here uh, at 13th Beach, definitely not the prevailing one. As John Huggins said, it doesn't matter if you play here once a year, you don't know what the prevailing wind is. It's just wind. It's so the wind that's there right now before yeah. I hit this shot. Yeah, and, but Min Woo Lee to me, and I followed him around for VO Radio for Qatar Airways, uh, Min Woo Lee today played some of the more extraordinary drives and two irons, as the case may be, off tees that I've ever seen. And I've seen him play a lot of golf. Um, I was blown away, Rod, when he stood on the second tee with the wind up his jumper and launched a drive. And his caddy, Shane, flicked him his 52-degree lob wedge. And he said, what are you doing? He goes, that's what you're hitting for your next shot on this par five. And he hit it 386 metres off the tee. It, look... Here's the thing about Minwoo. We'll come back to this later. I think that finish, and I said it to you on the coverage, 
That was a very big moment, not just in a day and not just in this week, but possibly in a career. Uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way. We've seen Min with big putts in the past, and he's been found wanting. And today, he drilled that putt on the 18th. And it was an important moment. It was a big moment to really grab this tournament by the scruff of the neck. He now has a three-shot lead going into tomorrow, and that's big. In terms of what you're talking about with Min, we've always known and we've been talking about his potential and his ability for a long time. He's an incredibly gifted and talented golfer. But it's not just the length. No, no. <coughs> and and in, in fact, a couple of times today, it was the hands that made him um, stand out, I think, from the rest of the field. On one particular hole, the 14th, which is the dogleg par four right before you come back across the road. He took the corner on, bombed it way, way down there, like an absolutely you know, beastly drive again, and it went into deep, deep rough. There was a chance he goes down there and blazes at the flag, admittedly from short range, uh, and brings all sorts of trouble into play. Now, bumped it out, used the top spin that comes from those sort of lies, ran it through the, the thickest part of the neck of the green, ran it up middle of the green, and lipped out on the birdie try. Um, it was the sh it was the second and third shots of a grizzled veteran who's been there, done that, and needs uh, $5 to pay off his mortgage. <laughs> so it, it was impressive on all levels. And as you say, we, Rod's talking about an eagle to close the round. Uh, Signed for a 68 when there were far more scores of 78 on offer in the, in the chasing pack or the pack that couldn't chase, couldn't go with him. We saw Anthony Quayle 67 early, but there was nothing like Min Woo Lee's 68 in the, in the uh, highest conditions. 68 also from Matt Miller earlier on and 69 from Marcus Fraser with a pick of the rounds. Well, we've rolled the leaderboard back to the 90s again. Fraser, Miller... And uh, Ash Hall, that I, see, I saw Ash Hall's name in there as well. So it's a fair old mix. It's very democratic, this place. Just the last thing on Minwoo Lee. I think what you're describing there, and I, I agree that I've, in, I've enjoyed watching so far this week, we're watching a truly special talent mature to the point where he's going to fulfil the talent we've always known he had. Uh, said it a couple of times on the coverage today, Hazy. This course is very democratic. Uh, it allows different golfers of different styles who have different ways of playing the game to shoot numbers not dissimilar. Marcus Fraser will play with Min Woo Lee tomorrow, and mm. we will see it from the first hole. The difference in their drive in the ball <laughs> flight and their driving averages will probably be somewhere around 50 or 60 metres. It'd be a surprise if Min Woo didn't hit it 60 metres past him on every hole. And yet here they are separated by just three shots. Uh, Trav Smythe is more in the Min Woo Lee mould. He's a young player. Uh, they're all long these days. He's not particularly long compared to his compatriots, but he's longer than Ash Hall. He's certainly longer than Matthew Miller, uh, who carries a bag full of hybrids. Uh, he could probably... Yeah, well, in fact, I think he does carry... He might, his longest iron might be a five iron, Matt Miller. Yeah, he has. That's right. And so... And he's, he's legitimately short compared to even the shorter hitters on the tour. So there you have it within the top sort of five spots on the leaderboard. You've got four players who play completely different sorts of golf, and that is 100% down to the course. And it tells us that the likes of Marcus Fraser, Ash Hall and Matt Miller still have plenty of game. The, the problem for them in world golf is that the courses they're asked to compete on mm. don't allow them to contend. That's true. Uh, the Australian Open, Marcus Fraser is no, no chance at the Australian Open at the Australian. No, he'll, he'll readily admit that. And he'll tell you that. In yeah. fact, there's, there's tournaments he won't bother going to because there's no point. He knows yep. before he gets there that he doesn't have the game to contend. And yet... 
those conditions today to shoot 69, not all 69s are equal. No, they're definitely not. That's the equivalent of a 65. Uh, Anthony Quayle, as we said, the 67 and the <coughs> numerical round of the day. Um, let's just cast an eye back a couple of days at Anthony Quayle, who I thought was he was my pick to win here this week, mm-hmm. Quayle. Uh, he made a nice start on the beach course early on uh, Thursday morning. Birdie the second hole, the par five, and by the time he got to the 17th, made a bogey four. He was four over the card. Uh, he did make a birdie on the closing hole, signed for 75. Um, that he can stand in contention tomorrow in the final round with two things, one with the win today and B with the scoring frenzy that was going on uh, yesterday uh, is testament to how good a player he has become. So 75, 64, 67 for Anthony Quayle to sit among that group at 10 under. I think he's the likely one to jump through the pack. I I would love to see Travis Smythe do it. I, I, I love Marcus Fraser dearly. Ash Hall falls in the same category as Matt Miller. I'm I'm not. A, there's know, not a bad story. Am I? There's, there's no bad stories <laughs> there. The, I think the probably Robin Seo uh, Segrist is probably not the one that the uh, the people writing the movie of this tournament <laughs> would probably have fall over the line. But you never know. Ryan Fox is a great yarn too, and he's he heads up the next bunch, and he could do anything on any given day. I think we need to give credit, uh, Rod, if, and you might be the one best place to do this, having watched more of him today than myself. But Jed Morgan. The, uh, the feisty young amateur from Queensland showed a real lot of ticket, didn't he? I spoke to Jed last night. Uh, anybody who knows him or has seen him, he's a very bubbly kind of personality. He's always smiling. He's got a fantastic attitude, and it's genuine. He doesn't he doesn't bung it on. And that would have been a difficult round of golf for him today, two over 74, when he would have felt like he had a chance. But the discussion we had last night, I ended, I said to him, you can't lose from here because you've already won. For a player at his stage of his career, these experiences can't be bought and he will learn things that you can't teach. You can only learn them by doing, and he's in a position for this entire weekend where every single hole and every single shot will will be vital to his future. I think he's got a big future. He's a very good player, a really good player, won the Australian Amateur, we know that. You don't get into the last couple of groups on uh, Saturday if you're not a particularly good player, but the things he's learning now will be the lessons that he will still uh, have. It will still hold him in good stead. For his future, he's got plenty of time. He would love to win tomorrow and get a European Tour card. Of course, he would. There's plenty of time for him to do that, uh, and there's a lot of golf ahead of him in his career. But I thought that was a good effort today. That round there could easily have slipped away from him and turned into a 78 or a 79. We saw that happen to players uh, who are who are who are much more experienced than he is, uh, who let rounds get away from them and shot really big numbers. He didn't. Two over 74 was fantastic, uh, and in the running, still managed to have some nice words for Bree around. <laughs> Of course, as well. well. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> no, you weren't. Jed Morgan, in the most crucial tournament of his young career, just uh, in the height of wind and pressure and everything going on, just walks up to VO Radio's <laughs> own Bree Lachlan and just says, I like your glasses. Nice glasses, buttering her up. Just, just, that, that's as smooth as he, it gets. He, he and Min Wu, uh, in the nicest possible way, are a pair of hooligans. <laughs> And you've got to love them for it. That is fantastic, uh, I, I thought. I love Minwoo. And uh, at one stage he walked up and didn't realise that my mic wasn't live for all intents and purposes. In his mind, it might have been. He just leaned over, grabbed it out of my hand and yelled into it, Sausages! <laughs> <laughs> As he just, this is who we're dealing with here. So uh, I want to make mention of Jason Scrivener. We've barely spoken his name this week. 69 today to forge up to T12 at 8 under the card. I'm not sure he's in contention at that number, but... 
he's one of the real quality players in this field and continues to impress um, here. He was close. He's getting closer to this breakthrough here on Australian soil, but uh, hasn't got it just yet. Richard Green, amazingly, is T20 alongside Lucas Herbert. Uh, There's democracy for you. Richard Green and Lucas Herbert. That's a really good point. (laughs) Jake McLeod was going absolutely gangbusters today, getting up and down out of every possible potential disaster early on the back nine, uh, front nine. Then he came to the 10th hole, pulled his drive into the water, had a triple bogey and didn't fire another shot. Uh, it was really disappointing uh, for his fans who'd come to... Not not that they were disappointed with the way he tried. It just didn't come together for him. And, and his putter that's normally so rock solid just went a little bit cool. He'll turn that around tomorrow, Jake. Oh, I'm sure he will, mate. Pride, He's a fighter. Pride will turn that around. He's tomorrow. blue collar all the way, Jake yep. McLeod. Love him. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Windred, another impressive round today for me. Another rising star of Australian golf. Um, his pair of 69s didn't have him in the headlines. Made him through to the cut, uh, but a 71 in the high wind today. Um, for example, compared to Alejandro Canasares. Lovely. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, nice. I like that. Uh, who had a 76, our first round leader to fade away. Ben Eccles, a uh, nice round from the local Geelong product. Um, Jeff Ogilvy, he's the name that you probably want to mention here, I'd imagine. Look, he is because four over 76, Jeff wouldn't have been too chatty after his round, understandably. He's a competitor, and I think last night, for the first time in a long time, he had tinglings from the competition. It's been yep. a while since he was in contention. There's a legitimate chance here. This is a serious tournament. It's a proper golf tournament. Uh, and he would have really liked to have been there on Sunday afternoon. That seems unlikely now. He's dropped all the way back to six under, uh, a four over today. I just wonder what that might do for his competitive juices for this year. I feel like Jeff's had a year in 2019 of moving back from America, getting his family settled here, getting a bunch of business stuff in order. I can't see that fulfilling him with the amount of talent that he's got uh, in a competitive sense from now on. So I, I, this might this week might be a turning point for Jeff as well. Who knows what we might see from him in 2020. True, true. And before we, we're going to take a, a quick break here in a second. Before we do, perhaps just to mention a couple of names that fell outside the cut, which eventually came. There'll be... Where are we? There are... 44? 30... There yeah, are... 44. No, here. There are going to be 38 players at six under or better. So at five under or worse, we said goodbye to Matt Griffin, Brad Kennedy, uh, Peter Lonard, Gareth Patterson, Michael Hendry. Um, Shea Wolves-Cobb went backwards today, unfortunately. Stephen Allen had a rough day. Denzel Iramia, had a, I expected him to come forward. He didn't. Daniel Fox, Nick Cullen, a uh, whole host of players, to be honest with you, fell back. Andrew Evans disappointing with this 81. That's uh, a 35 and ties cut. So that leaves the six unders in, and we're going to have 38 men teared up in the final and fourth and final round of the ISPS Hand of Vic Open tomorrow. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and dissect the women's tournament in just a second. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes, episode number 145, coming to you live from 13th Beach at the ISPS Hand of Vic Open. Mark Hayes alongside Rod Murray. We've dissected the men. Rod, time to run the eye over the women, so to speak. Yeah, felt a little bit more spread out here, Hazy. The scoring not quite as compacted. Uh, I still feel like, as we discussed at the opening, that you don't go much past Minji Lee in seventh place. I feel like the winner's going to come from those top seven. This, too, was an in, just an enthralling competition yeah. that unfolded this afternoon. It really was a battle out there. I know we talked about it all day on VO Radio, but you, you can't emphasise enough just how difficult it was 
to play in these conditions. It's probably more difficult for the women who don't compress the ball as much. Uh, when the wind really gets up, it's more prone to be affected by the wind. That makes that round from Ayin Cho, who's our leader, two under she shot today to get to 12 yeah. under. That's extraordinarily impressive. As I said, I don't know that much about her. I think you know probably a little bit more than I do. She's performed in the amateur ranks, and you, of course, in your role with Golf Australia, you would have seen her. She's two ahead of, uh, one ahead, sorry, of Madeline Saxham. I still think Madeline Saxham is the player to beat. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, the most motivated player in this field tomorrow is going to be Minji Lee. Don't tell me that the Lee family <laughs> haven't thought about a brother-sister double at this tour. Well, Minwoo told us earlier in the week that they're competing against each other. And right now, uh, at 15 under, he's got an eight-shot lead over, uh -huh. over Minji. So no, there'll be money on that. Oh, there'll be actually something more than valuable than money. There'll yeah, be something no. undignified riding on that, correct. I'm sure. That's yeah, 100% so. correct. Um, I, just for those who uh, may not have heard of Iron Cho's name, she's uh, the... Rookie of the Year on the KLPGA last year. It was a really hotly contested battle, as oh. it always tends to be. <laughs> it might be the most competitive golf league in the world. Yeah, KLPGA. yeah. Uh, so she's 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 that player. She's going to be good. She was first in Australia in 2016, and was extremely impressive through to the final uh, of of the match play phase, and was beaten by another Korean woman called Minji Park. Mm -hmm. um, Ian Cho wasn't in the Korean national team. So for those who are familiar with the Australian Amateur Championship, for the last handful of years, we've seen the Korean men and women, particularly the women, they wear their royal blue pants, mm -hmm. they wear their white shirt, their white cap, and they are rock solid with the team. Mm -hmm. There's no big, big pardons. They are right down the line with their managers like gods. Ian Cho was not part of that team. She had been, but she had been dumped out of it at that stage. This is my background story yep. to why Ian Cho is good. She was nowhere near the scene. Um, she wore different clothing. She was ostracised largely by her compatriots because they were in the squad. She wasn't, mm -hmm. and the managers didn't want her part of it. She's that good that she did it on her own. Wow. Uh, they came to her to prevent embarrassment to the country at the end of it when she was necessarily going to be in the final against another Korean. Um, didn't win, as the, as the case turned out, but I was so impressed to yep. see a young girl with no language skills to compete in Australia, by English I mean, uh, she did everything. She was just a really gritty competitor and doesn't surprise me at all with that in mind to see her shoot 70 when some of the world's best players went backwards. Ultimately, in this game, and pros will tell you different. They think it's all about the hitting. And, the, and the, ultimately, in this game, what separates the very best from the rest, you have to be able to hit, yes, you have to have good golf skills, is exactly what you're talking about. Mm. It's we, we like to call it journos. We beat things up. We call it courage and heart and all of those <laughs> things. But there is some truth to that. Oh, yeah. That's an attitude. Attitude will take you an awful long way. In fact, there's a point where attitude becomes much more important than aptitude. And at this level, that's the reality of it. And Absolutely. in those conditions to shoot two under, that's about attitude. Yeah. Like all of those players today, Ian Cho could have easily turned it up and dropped three or four or five shots. Very didn't. No, so. and didn't. That's exactly right. Madeline Sagstrom bogeyed the 17th from nowhere and fell two shots out of the lead, but showed some bottle herself to birdie the last. Could have had an eagle, but it just flipped out. Um, she looks rock solid. She's led the five previous rounds on the LPGA Tour, which is no mean feat. When you think about that, it's quite incredible, to be honest. It's sides of the planet, too. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Minji Lee, as we mentioned earlier on, we've, we've touched on her a couple of times. She she started hot, and you just thought, well, this is she's going to just street this field. She birdied the second, the third, the fourth 
and from there on didn't have another birdie all the way until the closing hole and threw her hands up in sort of almost disbelief that it had taken her that long. But in the interim, she had four bogeys and a double on the eighth as well, where she just could not escape the uh, the wasteland on the right. It, well, that that was the most surprising thing that happened today. Two shots in the bunker from a player of Minji Lee's talents is almost unbelievable. What these players do at this level much better than us amateurs, apart from have some skills and whatever, they almost never compound a mistake mm. with another mistake. Mm -hmm. So whilst it would be acceptable for her to catch the lip with one bunker shot, having tried to be a little too ambitious, which is the most likely result of what's happened there, you would never expect to see her do that twice. Uh, having done it once, she clearly must have been feeling the pressure that, well, now I really have to try and get this ball on the green from here, and made a millet. She ended up making a very gutsy seven-foot putt for a six. Yeah. So whilst the score isn't particularly good and some of the golf wasn't particularly pretty, it was actually an impressive round of golf. Again, she could have had a whole lot worse than what she did. But I spoke to Matt about it on air on the VO radio, and the discipline is just world-class, and that's why she is as good a player as she is uh, yeah, I, and I still no, think she's, she's not out of it tomorrow. Not by any stretch. Not at all. Far from it. Um, and she's, as you say, she's going to be highly motivated for more than just the average reasons. Uh, I think of the other Australians that we quickly run down here. Robin Choi. Uh, I, I was talking to her coming up the last hole. She, <laughs> Uh, like a few people out there, she was pretty much exhausted. And she just said to me that she played the eleventh hole, driver, three wood, three wood, sand iron. Wow. <laughs> She can come and play with me at Mangrove Mountain on a Saturday. <laughs> she was just beaten up. And look, she actually did pretty well, to be honest, to, to fight her way to a 77 when she didn't have it. Uh, and playing in the last group with Madeline Sagstrom, who was also over par, by the way, mm -hmm. um, 74. But they were, all, they were with um, Ali McDonald, who had shot previously a 65, an eight under par 65 on the creek course yesterday to, you know, to vault right into the thick of things. 16 shots worse today, Ali McDonald. And I think for for um, for Robin Choi to stand as tall as she did while mm. things weren't necessarily going well, they were on the clock there for quite a while yeah, at the end right. of the round. That's a good learning experience and one that didn't cost her too much money, if I can be so blunt for yeah. her at the early stages of her career. She's still tied 11th and she's alongside some really impressive players. And I hope that tomorrow she... Uh, regathers herself, recomposes herself, and goes hard towards the line because she can make herself a lot of money tomorrow. I'm here for the money, Hazy. I'm not pretending otherwise. <laughs> I'm sure I enjoy it, but that's what I'm here for. So on you, as you mentioned earlier, 68 today, which was the standout round. She's just lurking, isn't she? Uh, We've not spoken about her. Already. No. In fact, we haven't spoken about her yet. <laughs> there she is, tied fifth. It's quite amazing. And, and she loves playing in Australia, yeah. and I think the harder it gets, the better she gets, and that, that's borne out today. Does she eat Vegemite, Mum? She? She actually she, eats and enjoys Vegemite. She puts it on with a trowel. It's unbelievable. She that's, loves Vegemite. I'll be honest. That's Frank. That's a little weird. <laughs> I'd imagine. One of the one of the people we haven't spoken of today. Uh, she barely rated a mention on VO Radio for Qatar Airways is Hannah Green, who mm -hmm. um, realistically yesterday just scraped through. Mm -hmm. She was on the last number on the number to make the cut, and today didn't do anything spectacular. She said she might need to go out and do something. Blitzworthy to, mm -hmm. to, to make it into the final 35. As it turned out, a 71, a one under car, one under par 71 today was enough to move Hannah Green all the way up to a tie for 16th. And while I don't think she can win from four under, no. 
that's how you make money and turn yourself it, into a good professional. It is. In fairness, we, there was nothing about Hannah on VRA because she was done mm. before we came on air, which is an indication of how she played the first two days. Having said that, we, we mentioned it yesterday. I just think she's a bit rusty. And I'll tell you what I would oh. be looking for next week. Hannah Green at Royal Adelaide for the Women's Australian Open. I'm calling it now. Ooh. Will be very, very dangerous. Oh, like that is that. a very, very impressive field there. But this week, she's going to get to Royal Adelaide and step onto the first tee for a practice round and go, well, there's no wind. This is, well, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a refreshing change. Yeah. Uh, and I think she'll be much sharper than we've seen her this week. Oh, no, she's coming into her work here, so that's good. Uh, 71 today for, for the lovely West Australian, so that was great. Uh, Sarah Kemp, another Australian to make the, the cut. Uh, 76 today, but still in it at minus three. And the one that impresses me most of, of the young Australian brigade, Steph Kiriakou, uh, she's nervous about it. She said, oh, I had a 73 when it came <laughs> off. I said, 73, you should be wrapped. That'll be enough to move you right up. And sure enough, it was. Uh, she moved up into a share for 20, of 24th with that round today. So great news for the young New South Wales prodigy. That's fantastic. She's right up with Steph, um, with Ali McDonald, which is remarkable uh, after where they were. Yeah. Minna Yoon, a young player who's spent a lot of time around the Australian junior scene recently. She's of career, of course, but she's made the cut, which is good. And Sue O oh is going to make it on the number at two under the card after a 74 today of the Australian contingent. The big shock for me, Rod, uh, before we take another quick break here, is Jung and Lee 6, mm. uh, 79 today. Um, normally so rock solid. Just didn't seem to have it. Never saw that coming. Uh, conditions like today, you start going backwards, very difficult to stop it. What are the odds of Jung and Lee Six not having one birdie in a round of golf? I'm not sure, but I wish I'd taken them earlier today because <laughs> I reckon I reckon I might have been able to take tomorrow off. Uh, they'd be almost not, almost nil. Yeah, that's well, a, they'd, that's they'd be exorbitant odds. Yeah. Uh, she's had one, two, three, four, five bogeys and a double bogey on a par five, which it, it'd be a long, long, long time since Jung and Lee Six. Uh, didn't have... And for somebody uh, who looks so calm and happy all the time, she will be ropeable tonight. I'm glad I'm not having dinner at her house because I think it'll be quiet. Yeah, and I, I, which puts her into calculations, I I, I think, for yeah. Royal Adelaide yeah, too because she'll go so. over there with a bit of a... An attitude. Yeah, a bit Something of an to attitude. Prove, yeah. Pride dented. Yeah. Inby Park's another one who's packing her bags after a 75. A bit of a shock, to be honest. Um, it's never been in the pointy end of this tournament, but always a surprise to see her over par, ever. Mm. Um, so she's going home, uh, or not home, she's going across to Adelaide a day early. She's probably already there practising. That wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if she was there now practising her putting. She may well be. Um, Jasmine Sawanapura had a, a disastrous round today, 82 for the young Thai golfer. Karis Davidson didn't have her best at 81. And Mel Reed, another one who fell victim in the breeze, former champion with an 82 to fall back to, what's that, six over the card. So She'll be disappointed a, a day of uh, high wind, high drama, as Rod said. We're going to take another quick break and come back and assess what might lie ahead of us in the men's final round tomorrow. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes, a special edition live from 13th Beach after day three of the ISPS Hand of Vic Open. Rod Murray joining me, Mark Hayes, in the studio here. Uh, Rod, we cast an eye forward to what could happen tomorrow in the men's final round uh, with hopefully Premier Daniel Andrews coming down here to present the trophy, one of the keenest golf fans in the country. Uh, who do you think he's going to be giving the trophy to? Well, speculation in this game 
it makes you as stupid as people who think game is the game is boring. That's the truth of it. We know that. Anything can happen in this game. I got up early in 1996 to watch the last round of the Masters. Mm. You don't need to tell me how things can change in golf. Common sense says Minwoo Lee is leading and dealing. Three shots is not insurmountable by any stretch of the imagination in these conditions. But there's more at stake here than just this tournament or just this round. It sounds silly and probably overly dramatic, but in the scheme of things for Minwoo Lee's career, tomorrow is extremely important. For all of his talent, and it's an extraordinary talent, and for all of his achievements to this point in the game, the W has been elusive. Mm -hmm. He's won the US Junior, which is an incredible achievement. The list of names on that trophy is more than a little impressive. But Minwoo knows, as we know, that he needs to close the deal at some point. And tomorrow is his best opportunity yet. He's had some top five finishes recently, and that is extraordinarily impressive. But if he's as special as I believe he is, and as I think a lot of good judges believe he is, tomorrow is important, more important than just tomorrow, if I could put it that way. So that's a lot. Of, that is a lot of extra pressure on him, yeah. and that'll come from just within. Just whack the grandstand on him. Well, he won't. He won't mind because do you know what? Like all good players, my expectations of him matter not a jot to him. His own Correct. expectations is what he deals with. Correct. They'll be high tomorrow. 100%. And look, if, we, if we're going to be knockers of him, which I'm not, he's finished fourth in Saudi Arabia. He's finished third in the New South Wales Open, the Australian PGA. He's finished fifth at the Super 6 in Perth a couple of times, and he's finished sixth in, the, in an earlier edition of the New South Wales Open. He's got a swag of top 10 mm -hmm. results in professional events, some as an amateur. Mm -hmm. He's never got across the line. I was at that New South Wales Open at the end of last year, and Jeff Ogilvy once said of tournament wins, or close calls, there's could-haves and there's should-haves. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that that New South Wales Open was a should-have, but on the scale, it was closer to should-have than could-have. Okay. And Min will have left there disappointed with his own final round performance. In fact, his own weekend performance. Uh, on the flip side of this, because I take all that on board, mm -hmm. this is the guy who loves and lives for the spotlight. Oh, I will yeah. I, tell the story if and when he wins um, of an, an indicator, a better indicator of mm -hmm. that. Um, but I just think he's born for these sort of stages. He'll need one. And he'll get plenty. Uh, 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 look, I do agree with that. And I'm not trying to be negative, perhaps trying to be balanced. But no, if, I, if I can say this, I love the kid. Yep. I do. I love everything about him. I love his personality. I love his game. He is amazing to watch. And I want this for him as much as he probably wants it for himself. Mm. Uh, but there is pressure on him for that reason. So as we said earlier, I think uh, it's down to it's down to seven, unless Ryan Fox goes completely Ken Bruce bananas at Which the end. Which could, not, not impossible. Uh, uh, but realistically, Marcus Fraser and Ash Hall and Matt Miller, the old guard chasing mm -hmm. Minwoo Lee, and on the other side of the coin, the younger guys, Travis Smythe and Anthony Quayle, along with Frenchman Robin C.O. Segrest. Uh, they're the guys within five shots of Minwoo Lee, uh, I would like to think that Min Wee Lee can hold them off. Um, I expect that it won't be smooth sailing the entire way. Mm. If he comes out with some steely look in his eye and finds something that we hope will take him to much higher honours, as mm -hmm. much regard as we hold this tournament in, 
then he could go out and do something special and will blow that field away. I, if, I would, I, having said all of that, I would be not in the least bit surprised if he won by nine. No, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, absolutely he, on he, the card. He has that potential. Yeah. Um, and as much as we would like Marcus Fraser to win, mm-hmm. I think he would acknowledge the same thing. Oh, no question. For Marcus Fraser, he'd then be in a tricky situation. He might have to go back to work. He's set himself <laughs> up now, having finished his European tour career, thinking that he's now just going to swan around Melbourne and Coral and enjoy life. Yeah. But if he suddenly had his card to go back to Europe, well, now he's got some thinking to do. So You, you haven't seen him walk the banks of the Murray with a, uh, <laughs> with a Foster's Lager yeah. or something in his hand because you've never seen a bloke more at home. Oh, I can picture it. I can picture it. No. Oh, he's, he's uh, a good man, Marcus Fraser. There's, anyway. There's two here. There's not a bad story on the leaderboard, as we said, but Ash Hall yes. was so close at that Australian Open in 2016. He was in the playoff there. With that was Steve a should-have. And Cameron Smith, that was that probably was a should-have. Ash Hall is a more talented golfer than his resume suggests. Uh, he's, in terms of the, 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 the modern game, he's probably past his his best in, that t- in terms of age, but I saw him at the chipping range. I don't pretend to know Ash particularly well, but I know him well enough to chat to him every time I see him. And he was just practising his chipping around the green. And I said to his caddy afterwards, I said, I've never seen Ash so happy. He just felt happy. And his caddy said, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've thought the same thing. And isn't that's, it interesting? That's great. A bloke who's in the right place mentally and suddenly his talent shines through. And here he is. He's a legitimate chance tomorrow. Oh, um, I'd like to hear you say that. He's I'd a legitimate like chance tomorrow. And it would be a huge thing for him. If he got a European tour card, this is something. This is a dream he has continued to chase for years. <coughs> pardon me, years and years and years. Similarly for for Matt Miller, who has spent a couple of years on the European tour, mm-hmm. uh, as we said, doesn't hit it as long as most of the others. But for him, it would be the achievement of a, a lifelong dream as well. Uh, Matt uh, Ashall rather has <laughs> come desperately close to having a, an outstanding golf career. <laughs> Like a really world-class career. Mm-hmm. Twice a runner-up on the uh, then web.com tour. Um, you know, he's played the British Open. Uh, he's done a lot of things, Ash. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's won, the, um, he's won Victorian Championships before. Mm-hmm. A former winner of this one. Uh, he's a part-timer. Yeah. He works, works in a golf shop. He works in a golf shop. Go and buy some golf balls from Ash. Yeah. You could. You couldn't. And you, he, he's been desperate. Desperate, desperate to get on a tour, a big tour for a long time, and has had to be a victim, and I mean that in inverted commas, of the reality of life. That yep. He's got to, got to keep his family above water. Um, so he's he's doing it on a part-time basis. Uh, love him like a brother. Yep. Would yeah. be a great story. Absolutely. Um, and, and ongoing, because I think if he got there, he could probably do some damage. Just to quickly, we know what it would mean to Travis Smythe. His career has been on the right trajectory for a couple of years. He's gone to Asia. He's improved each and every year as a player. Uh, it's not beyond him to win tomorrow. But yeah. either way, another great experience. Trav was beaten in the playoff at the New South Wales Open. He will be gutted if he doesn't get it done tomorrow. But it will be another step up the ladder of learning. And I think Trav's got a big career ahead of him. That'll be good for him. Correct. And we're going to come back and run the rule over the women's final round on the other side of this break. Welcome back to 13th Beach. Uh, our last look at the... Well, I would like to say our predictions, uh, let's keep it at that. We won't go as far as to say they're going to be concrete or anything like that, Rod, because you've already labelled me with the um, unintentionally with being an idiot or stupid a couple of times because I feel right into those categories, except for the boring golf bit, of course. Uh, the women's tournament tomorrow, how do you see that one panning out? 
Look, I guess we've touched on it. Uh, I still think Madeline Saxon is the favourite. She's the form player coming off her first win. She's a player that we've been saying, I watched her at Bonville last year. That was a should have. She mm -hmm. should have won that. She really should have won the Australian Women's Open the week before that. She's learnt to win. She got across the line for her first victory on the LPGA just two weeks ago. She is the form player to me. Uh, and she looks in a good place mentally. We interviewed her after a round today and she how, was terrific. How, how good a person is she to deal oh, with? She's, um, honestly, you, look, you get to meet, in inverted commas, a lot of these people as they come through the mm -hmm. flash area and some of them are big stars. She looks you in the eye. A lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of these players, a lot of people who are celebrities don't because mm. they get trapped a lot of the time if someone catches their eye. She looks you in the eye. You ask her a question, she looks you straight in the eye and she gives you an answer. And that's always an indication of something special about a person. Well, not super special, but she's more normal than she is star. But her game is certainly star and it's got it written all over it. If you're, if you're, if you're one of those people who are on Instagram, um, I think it's also on Twitter, but you'll have to dig a lot deeper. But if you're on the LPGA Tour Instagram, you'll find it relatively quickly. Madeline Sagstrom did a video of seven year old a 27-year-old Madeline talking to um, young Madeline. Oh, okay. It is, with the LPGA Tour's um, you know, mm -hmm. media team, it is unbelievable. Okay. She, she wrote the whole thing word wow. for word uh, and basically took it to him and said, do you think you can make something of this? And, wow. I, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty... I'm, I don't sort of get emotional You're too often. Right? I don't tear up too often. But I'm telling you, go and watch this of uh, an older Madeline talking to young Madeline. Fantastic. It is world class. You'll get a great appreciation of who Madeline Sagstrom is. I had a little tear in my eye. Right? Yeah. Don't mind. To me, she doesn't have to do that. She's done that off her own bat. Mm. Quite a few of the players would be asked to do that, and they would do it. But she's thought of that, yeah. and that's giving back in a way that does set her apart, I think. So full much. I've seen her with the fans. She's fantastic. She has a specially marked Callaway ball that she uses. She used the soccer ball, but it's got an M in the side, and they're the only, they're the, she's the only one who has them. Mm. So if Madeline Sagstrom gives you a golf ball, You've got something special. It's a memento, and that's all she... I saw her give them 50 of them to kids up at Bonville last year, and the kids were so excited. They, they'll always know that that ball came from Madeline Saxon. It's and wonderful. There, and there were four here today, and she was out on the course for about 15 and a half uh, lunar cycles, I reckon, today. <laughs> and she happily uh, dealt with them all. So, you know, she's a cl class human being. Elena yeah. Sharp's got a point to prove tomorrow. Yep. Um, another one who would love to break into that first-time winners category mm -hmm. on the LPGA Tour. Seems a lot of people in that, and there's so much talent on there. I think the ones to look out for from behind, uh, history will tell you that So Yon Yu mm -hmm. and Min Ji Lee are the two to look out for. We haven't got a lot of time, so I'd like to just focus on Min Ji, and I do think that that brother-sister thing, they both won the US Junior. They're the only brother-sister combination to do it. They were, But pride for Min Ji, she's got a fantastic record here. Uh, she's got a lot to play for. She's got nothing to prove but a lot to play for, including, as I, said, I was impressed that she hung on the way she did today for a round that could have gone south, but she'll be extremely disappointed with how she played today. Two shots in the bunker will be embarrassing for her, uh, and she'll want to put that to bed tomorrow. So uh, I think it's a her, Soyeon and Mar uh, Madeline, they stand out. If one of them doesn't win, I'll be a little bit surprised. Mm. Fair comment. I'd like to pay a quick tribute. We've barely mentioned her name to one of the Swing Skirts Brigade uh, from Taiwan, Pei Ying Shei. Shot uh, of the day from Pei Ying Shei. Is that right? She, oh, she, well, you would have been out doing VO radio. Uh, she hit a ball very close to the edge of a bunker. She couldn't get a stance at it right-handed, so she turned, She went left-handed, got the putter, one of those spider-shaped things, not my favourite, but big ungainly-looking thing, 
flipped it over backwards, <laughs> putted it left-handed off the toe. Did she really? Yeah, fantastic. And you don't see that in any other sport. No, <laughs> no, you definitely don't. Phenomenal. That, that to me is sign of someone who practices a hell of a lot. Yeah, because well, you she... don't do that without having first thought about it previously. Absolutely. So she just needs to practice a little bit more because she rolled it about eight feet and missed the next one. But it was still the <laughs> shot of the day for mine because as soon as you saw it on the TV, you went, oh, what's going on yeah, here? And that's, that's what awesome. you want. That was fantastic Beautiful. stuff. We better scoot. Right, we've got uh, time constraints tonight. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening in. That is episode number 145. Rod Murray, you've been a star as ever. Couldn't have enjoyed it any more if I tried, Hazel. <laughs> and I didn't try. <laughs> I get that feeling. No, I'm kidding. I'm here for the money. <laughs> I'm doing it for the money. <laughs> Honesty is every policy you could ever have. That's it, guys. Uh, thank you. We'll be back tomorrow for to, uh, after, to wrap up what's sure to be an engrossing final day's play here at the ISPS Hand at Vic Open. Until now, Mark Hayes signing off for Inside the Ropes.